You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Quitter Podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Ionello, and today's guest I have on is Oksana Romanuk. She is the founder and CEO of Remote Rockstars, which offers high-end online business management and professional virtual assistant services to visionary entrepreneurs, industry expert, and coaches. Oksana works with her homegrown team of Rockstar account managers and virtual assistants helping entrepreneurs systemize and grow their businesses. She's trained countless virtual assistants and has helped multiple entrepreneurs grow their businesses, reach more people, and impact the world. I know that's a mouthful, but as someone who A, used to be an assistant, B, also right now my business utilizes virtual assistants, I am so grateful that you're on the show to explain and share with the world that there are possibilities outside of doing everything yourself. So thank you so much for being on. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me, Gabby. I'm really excited to chat with you. So what's your story? I I know that you kind of like did some stuff before kind of running the show yourself and you were a VA. So like, you know, how did you stumble into all of this? Good question. So the administrative component was always present in all the different types of professions and positions that I occupied throughout my career. And I can tell you that about three to four years ago, I started thinking that I would like to invite more freedom and flexibility into my schedule. Also, together with my wife, we love to travel the world. And so that was kind of like one of those motivating points for us. Just like, how can we come up with a lifestyle where we can still travel, we can be committed to the jobs that we had at the moment, but just have a little bit more flexibility in our schedule where it's not that difficult to take the time off. And we're not really limited by the typical seven to 10 business days that you're getting with the vacation time. So that's how I kind of stumbled upon virtual assistance. And it was through, it's really interesting. It's still out there, a newsletter that comes out usually once a month and it arrives into your inbox. It's called Race Rebellion, where they typically post a different variety of work-from-home opportunities. So I saw a lot of different variations of virtual assistant jobs in that newsletter. And I was like, how interesting. This could be something that I could really do. And so that's how I started toying a little bit with the idea of then starting to plan my lifestyle around that part-time opportunity that I wanted to have as far as my work. And then I was still continuing at the time to help out with sales and marketing at a yoga studio in Washington, DC. So I kind of like already had a little bit of that stability going on part-time. And then once I got into the virtual assistance, I just really loved being in charge of my own schedule and my days and uh, really picking the clients that I loved supporting, their missions, their businesses, the impact that they were creating in the world. And that's how I started growing my portfolio. And then soon enough, they started referring my services to their colleagues and friends. And I got so booked out that that was kind of like a pivoting moment in my business life because I had to make a decision whether I would be an intimate type of like business owner with just a small portfolio of clients or whether I want to grow it and to maybe subcontract and then hire other team members that could help me grow the agency model of the virtual assistants. So cool. I think that's everyone's dream. You found something right through an email, right? You never knew it was going to like lead to this. And now you're at a point where the demand is so high that you've had to outsource, which I think is so, so cool. What are some myths around hiring 
virtual workers. Cause I remember in the beginning, I had a lot of like BS, like excuses of why I couldn't hire mostly because I felt like I couldn't delegate anything and they wouldn't quote unquote get who I was or be able to execute based on like how I execute. So can you kind of like get into maybe the myths around it and like what maybe might be preventing people from doing it and helping with delegating and stuff? Absolutely. There are actually, I feel like a few very important things to consider when you are arriving at the point where it's just like, I can consider actually having someone help me out on the day to day. And the very first thing, funny enough, I feel like it's not even the hourly rate, but it's that sense of control and also a sense of security. Will they have access to my confidential files and will that information be secure? And then how much of my inbox do I actually share with this person? Because again, there might be some sensitive emails coming through. How much access will they have to my Google Drive, for instance? Again, with some of the confidential information, not only from clients, but also like the company foundation documents or anything else, right? So like how much do I share that makes me feel comfortable? And then how do I ensure that they do quality work, that they are a quality extension of my life, right? So of my business and that they show up with quality and with professionalism, even through the inbox in front of my clients, right? Or in front of anyone else that I show up. So that those are all very valid and important things to consider, kind of like what is your comfort level with those? At the same time, I feel like I always encourage business owners to start very small and to start with like the minimal, like maybe simplest tasks that they can still outsource and then continue looking for that favorable hourly rate that you feel like would be comfortable, not only for you, but also a good rate for your business to accommodate. And yes, it might be difficult sometimes to find that right-hand assistant right away. And I know that sometimes people go through two, three people before they actually land on that one solid person that they absolutely love. And then also as far as the question about skills and their professionalism, ethics, and then quality of their work. I feel like I always encourage our clients when they go out there and look to hire a virtual assistant is to have a couple of test tasks that could really help in showing kind of just like as simple as how would they write that email response to a customer issue? Or how would they, for instance, like handle a couple of graphics on my social media? Have them take a look at your wall and see what the aesthetics are and just what the intention of your messaging is. Then they should replicate it and they should be that really good extension of your branding and the quality of your work. So use a few of the test assignments in the very beginning. So I feel like that would be very helpful. Now that you said all that, What comes to mind with me is like, because I have a virtual assistant and I'm constantly reviewing kind of like how I work and saying, okay, is it a me problem? Like, do I need to be a better leader and delegate more and be more communicative in the things that I need? Or is it not a good fit? And my virtual assistant is great. But like for some people, I think maybe they have a difficult time with like delegating or like basically understanding if it's a good fit for their VA. Right. So I feel like discussing the values and the mission of the business from the very beginning is absolutely important. And I honestly feel like that should be part of your interviewing process or even those two first weeks that could be a test trial with you and the right-hand VA and really feeling out just like their values 
their approach to work, their attitude to work, all, all of that, does that match your attitude, right? Like your philosophy, your working philosophy. So I feel like that's very important. And that would be the very foundation and the beginning of the art of delegation. You know, Gabby, to be completely honest, we are actually all have to learn how to delegate. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's like embedded in my mind that I have to do everything. And then I like have to beat myself and be like, no, like it's not supposed to be this difficult at all. Give it away. It's totally fine. Right, exactly. And that's why I feel like it's okay to cycle through a few people in the beginning. And I know that it's tiring. I know that it's a time investment because you are training them, right? You are showing them the ropes of your business. At the end of the day, I strongly believe that it does actually pay off when you find that person that you're completely in sync with. Again, for the art of delegation, start small. Start with some of the assignment tests in the very beginning. Start with the two-week trial. Challenge them during those two weeks. Just really give them some tasks that you feel like are important for your business. And even though some things could potentially be at stake and kind of like at risk of your reputation, but test them on them. How do they come through? Do they comply with the deadlines? And watch out for that timeline of the delivery of the tasks very closely in the first two weeks, because that exactly sets the tone and the pace for your work to be continued. And then I feel like the first 90 days of anyone, a a new business owner working with a virtual assistant are absolutely important. By the end of 30 days, that's when a virtual assistant should feel comfortable already with overall the types of projects that the business owner typically assigns to them. By 60 days, they should take initiative and should take leadership and responsibility for at least two to three major projects. And by 90 days, they should be fully integrated into a business owner's company and their day to day. So if you kind of like take that slow progression and you keep on releasing a bit more of control, right? Giving them a little bit more responsibility as each month progresses, then I feel like that would be a very good solid foundation for a good working relationship. So with that all being said, what comes to mind for me is like, like, okay, when I went through Upwork, which is where I found my virtual assistant, right? No one wants to spend a lot of money, right? You want to get the most bang for your buck. Like you have a tight budget, especially as a new business. But these virtual assistants, they range anywhere from like, if you're in the Philippines, it's like $4 USD per hours to someone in the US. It can go like really, really high hourly, like 50 bucks an hour. If they're like a superstar and like know all these crazy things and they've got sales and like all this stuff. So like, is there a difference between personality and financial match? And also like, how do you know if it's worth it to make an investment? Like, okay, if I'm being transparent, a lot of people know this. I'm building my business, a lot of it. I have cash, but I also am building it on credit cards because that's how I'm going about this, right? Building a dream on a credit card type thing. And so with that, there comes some risk with it, knowing that it's an upfront investment. And so like, it's scary when you don't know if, oh, is this the right price? Is it like makes sense budget-wise? Like all of that. So can you kind of touch on the difference between the two and like what gauges maybe a good fit in terms of finances as well? Absolutely. You know, Gabby, I feel like it's also one of those very important key moments when a business owner arrives at the decision that they might want to consider outsourcing some of the services. And the decision is in the fact that they have to decide what kind of tasks they need support with. I know that sometimes our clients, for instance, potential clients arrive at the discovery call and they say, you know what, I know that I need help, but I just don't know where to start we still challenge them a little bit and we still give them the homework before our first kickoff call or maybe before our next follow-up call with them. And I actually ask them to observe everything that they do on a daily basis and 
start writing down all of those ideas and maybe tasks that really drain them and that really they feel like are not in their zone of genius. So that would be the very first step. Where I'm leading with this is that when you are arriving at the point of making that financial decision for your business, not only how much your business actually can afford as far as outsourcing and hiring that support, but also what is the quality of those tasks that you just noted down on your list, right? So if it's simple data entry and some administrative tasks that you feel like really do not require specialized skill. All you have to do is just show them how you typically do it. And it's a recurring process that can be done over and over again. That should not cost you an arm and a leg. But if you're noticing that on your list, there's definitely some specialty projects like building out landing pages, right? Maintaining your website, especially if it's something more complex like WordPress that requires specific knowledge, right? Or if it's graphic design work, if it's maintenance in Kajabi, one of the most popular marketing platforms. I feel like those actually are specialized skills and you do want to invest a bit more into hiring specialty people because then they will do quality work. That type of work is usually client facing. So you do want to definitely invest in quality, right? Because your clients will ultimately see it. So I feel like that is an important decision to make. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's actually okay to have a couple of people on your team who is that specialty niche person and who is more of a general VA. Yeah. I know someone who she runs a travel agency and she actually has two virtual assistants. One is like a general virtual assistant who does like her emails and like blog posts. And then she has one that's specifically for social media who just does graphics, podcasting stuff and whatever. Like she divvies them between the two because they have two different skill sets and time zones and like all of that stuff based on their schedule. So that's really cool too, right? Because then you don't have your eggs in all in one basket should something not work, but you're getting quality work. But I do want to touch on just because some of the listeners, they're maybe not yet business owners, but they're like aspiring corporate quitters. So Something that came clear as day to me when I quit and hired someone is that, oh my God, I could have used the money in my salary job to pay for someone to help me build my business prior. But I just thought outsourcing and team management was difficult. Like remote workers weren't meant for me, like all of this stuff. Whereas now I'm kind of like, I'm like beating myself up over the fact that I could have saved myself so much time and aggravation had I just given up my like iced coffee every single day on my way to work to pay for an assistant to do maybe some research or like little things to build out a website. So can you kind of touch on that between the two of like people who actually have a business and people who don't and are in corporate? Like what's the benefit about hiring a virtual assistant in that regard? And also like the myths about it being difficult and if the remote worker is actually for everyone. I feel like remote support is for everyone, absolutely. Even folks in the corporate world, I feel like they do typically have their administrative assistants, right? Except that um, usually that happens in the office. But at the same time, I feel like from my personal knowledge of a lot of people who are in the corporate background and in Washington, D.C., for instance, we just took a trip the other day. So they say that even having administrative assistants at work, they would still benefit from having a virtual assistant on the side. And um, interestingly, I feel like, again, it depends on kind of like where you, you find yourself with your workload and how much responsibility you assume being in the corporate environment. But ultimately, everyone, even on the personal side, we can all benefit from a personal assistant from time to time. Maybe not all the time, but absolutely there are some stressful periods of our lives when we do need that support. 
Outsourcing and hiring can definitely be stressful. It might not be for everyone. That's why, for instance, part of our remote rockstar's work is that sometimes our clients come up to us and they say, can you please hire like this number of people for us? Maybe it's a launch of a new product and they just need a sales team, right? So we completely kind of like take over of that hiring process for them. That's also available. And at the same time, Tying this up a little bit to our previous discussion about the personality and the financial fit, right? So I feel like, again, it's a business owner's decision whether they want to actually invest in hiring people who would be a good personality match. And sometimes people are just content with that strict professional kind of like cold-ish relationship with their virtual assistant. As long as the tasks are done, they don't really have to discuss their family matters or just kind of like really dive into those personal conversations. That's another side of it. Again, it really depends on what kind of business owner or maybe like corporate professional you are and whether you want to invest your time and your energy into building those personal side of the relationships, right? And just like I mentioned already with virtual assistants and a few of the myths that we discussed earlier and some of the hurdles that business owners go through, even if they're just starting out to consider virtual assistants, hiring and outsourcing might not be for everyone. At the end of the day, it all comes down to your ultimate goal for the growth of your business. Do you want to grow? Do you really want to optimize your time? Do you want to automate A lot of the processes that are run kind of like manually at the moment because there's always a chance for that. And if you want to build your business efficiently, yes, you do need that professional on your side. Yeah. And it's funny too, because when I hired my virtual assistant, I was so maxed out on my time. Like the problem too, is that I was working with the phrase of like, I was working so much in the business that I couldn't work on the business, right? I couldn't establish more relationships. I couldn't record more episodes. I couldn't create more offers to then make sales, to then continually invest back into the business. Like all of that was flatlining because I didn't have help. And so since hiring her, she's been able to take a tremendous amount off my plate, which my complete business model has changed in the three months that she started working with me because she is an expert in that thing. And I can then go back to doing what I'm good at, which is like connecting with people, like being the glue, bringing people together, doing recordings, like all of that stuff versus me going in and updating a website and doing all this stuff, like taking show notes and like whatever else. So I wish I did it sooner. I really do. And I feel for people who like they're delaying their dreams because they're planning and planning and planning and planning and researching when they can just hire someone to help. And then the dream is already realized or it's one step closer. Like, let's go people. Like life is too freaking short. Like I cannot no more. There's no excuses. I absolutely agree, Gabby. Absolutely agree. And totally imagining that, for instance, we are in a client servicing business, right? So maybe a coach or just working with clients. And again, dreaming a little, imagining a situation where we are doing sales calls and we are passionately onboarding new clients. But then all you have to do at the end of your sales call is to email your virtual assistant and say, start the onboarding workflow. Here's a new person to join our company. That's amazing. And then the onboarding workflow works behind the scene. You know that everything runs on deadlines. You know that you have already email templates set up. All your virtual assistant has to do is just run through every step. And again, like that's the quality of kind of like that sense of security for your client because they know that they're taken care of. And then again, that's the potentially an automatic workflow that is optimizing the efficiency of your business. I love that. But it's something that you don't have to do. 
All you have to do is just show up on that sales call and make that happen. Yeah. And that is, I think, the ultimate goal for me and probably a lot of people as this freedom type of lifestyle becomes more prevalent versus the nine to five chain to the desk type of mentality. We just want more freedom. And the way that you do that is by leveraging other people and their skill sets. I really believe that that's part of the thing. And obviously leveraging AI and like all these cool processes and products and whatever. But I want to shift gears a little bit. So we were talking about like business owners predominantly, but let's say even for people who want to actually create their own virtual assistant business, right? They see that the buzz about being a VA. Okay, that's great. But like, how do I start? How do I become that person? Where do I find gigs? Like, what are some of the mistakes they make? And what are some of the starting pieces you could recommend for people looking to do that? So happy to share because even though there is a very low point of entry to become a virtual assistant and to start your business that way, and by that, for instance, I am talking about very minimal investment. Oftentimes, all you need is just a computer in front of you. And then it can be as simple as creating a website, just a very small, tiny page on a Google website that comes free with your Google account. Again, no investment there, but that looks typically very professional. You can just add an extra page to that for a portfolio. And portfolios, I feel like, are absolutely essential for all of the remote workers only because that is your chance to stand out and exemplify your work. And it could be some writing samples, simple in general, something that actually does not have any of the client information, even if it's just a template for following up with a client on a missed phone call. Again, that will show kind of like your professionalism and the language that you can showcase in the email. And also, if you offer social media services, I feel like for starting VAs, that could be an opportunity to show off your graphic design skills or maybe your hashtag research or maybe the captions that you create for some of the graphics. Again, a very good opportunity there. Maybe a couple of snapshots of the newsletters that you already put together. Even if it was an email to your family and you were organizing a family reunion, but you put together that beautiful email with all the information about the event, take a snapshot of that and put that into your portfolio. So it doesn't have to be kind of like that catch-22 where it's just like, how do I present my client work if I haven't even done any of the client you know, work before? So it can be as simple as something that you can pull out from your communication or maybe any of the assistance you've provided to your friends or family. The next very important thing here, and again, something that is absolutely free, is your virtual marketing strategy. And I feel like because we are already in the virtual industry, it's just only natural that we have to take a great care of our online presence. Opening up a Facebook page is a must, obviously. LinkedIn page has to be absolutely polished, right, with the contact details for people to reach out to you. And then the same with the Facebook page. And uh, maybe an Instagram account. Again, if you are a visual person, if you like that creative aspect of potentially advertising your services that way, definitely invest in Instagram as well. Clubhouse and TikTok could potentially be really good platforms if you have definitely something to say, if you are not afraid of visibility, and if you want to just really kind of speak out about what you're providing, even just the services that you're offering, but breaking that down a little bit more in detail so that, again, your potential clients can learn a little bit more about you and just kind of like hear your perspective on the work that you're doing. So again, look how many different aspects we already touched on without any potential investment, right? So I like that a lot about the entry point of just kind of like the entertaining the business idea of becoming a virtual assistant. And another thing is that with sending the proposals, maybe even cold approaching your potential clients, being very concise and sending very short 
short emails, like straight to the point, attaching perhaps a PDF of that portfolio that we talked about earlier, that I feel like is more effective than writing, you know, just like this blanket kind of oh, really no, no, no. emails. If I, we all know when you receive any sort of email, whether it's an email from a friend, colleague, whatever it is, or an ad, when you're in like, a, let's say a funnel of emails for a sales process for whoever it is that you've subscribed to, if it's long, I delete it. I don't have time for that. So you got to be straight into the point. And if you got to put in some information, make it witty AF. Like, no doubt about it. Like, got to get straight to the point. We have such a short attention span. Like, you just got to get it through. Absolutely. So in that case, when the email is very short and concise, straight to the point, perhaps an attachment as a PDF could be that winning edge or even better, just a link to that professional portfolio online. I feel like, again, some people who are just like, oh, just another attachment, they just don't want to open it, but they will click on the link. There's a better chance that that is going to be opened. And again, just the visual folks and looking at all of the details of your professional experience. Again, everything has to be polished, no typos, no syntax or punctuation mistakes. Just be very attentive because right now we are in the process of adding a new team member to our company. And I'm just really disqualifying a lot of candidates because their work is just not showing up uh, with the type of quality that I would want to see in front of our clients. So just be very attentive to the details. So that's kind of just like a little bit of the virtual assistant side, right? Like the person who is just wanting to start out. As far as looking for gigs, I feel like it's very important to, again, be very attentive and uh, engaged in different professional Facebook groups. And also on LinkedIn, even again, like if it's a cold approach to your potential clients. But in Facebook groups, I feel like we are actually finding a lot of clients that way as well. And at the end of the day, once you get about three to five clients, you will start getting referrals. If you don't mind me jumping in, what are some of the Facebook groups that people can look to join? Like, is it just like virtual assistants or is it like, what are these titles that people should be searching for? The virtual assistant is a really good way to start. Like that's just kind of like one of the key phrases for searching for groups. Virtual assistant savvies or virtual savvies. Abby Ashley is a very powerful kind of like well-known person in the VA industry. Her group is absolutely amazing. Constantly business owners reach out with different types of short and long-term projects on there. So a very good source. Confident OBM, even though it has an OBM online business manager title in it, still there are a lot of virtual assistant opportunities in there. Remote Rockstars has its own Facebook page, Remote Rockstars Club, where we post constantly. Also virtual assistant opportunities that we hear from our clients and pass along onto our communities. Being part of the Association of Virtual Assistants, as far as I know, their membership used to be $95. I know it's a little bit of an investment. That's a year. But the there are constantly a lot of different jobs and opportunities like with for broad projects, networking and training as well. So I feel like being part of that community is absolutely essential. So also virtual assistant BFF is a popular group with the, some jobs and then remote work, remote opportunities, digital nomads, female digital nomads, women entrepreneurs, women helping women entrepreneurs. That's a Facebook group as well. So actually quite a few site hustles. So just try even that combination with site hustle when you do a search as well. Something will definitely come up. Corporate Quitter 
anything? <laughs> yeah, let's band together. I am really yeah. excited though, because I am going to start building out um, a community. I just haven't put all the yeah. pieces together, but maybe mm-hmm. that's where I don't want to say job postings will be, but maybe there'll be opportunities within that as well, which would be really exciting. We'll see. Just such a good name. I mean, yeah. so fitting. Oh, thank you. Feels very rebellious. So, you know, had it, had to embrace it. It represented me very well, I think. <laughs> So this has been all so, so awesome, but I want to switch gears even more so because I know you're in Austin right now, which is somewhere that like, I am very slowly but surely trying to get my boyfriend to move to, but I know you, you were in DC and now you're in Austin and I hear that you're moving again. Can you kind of give us like what it's been like to transition from a community to a new community and then like maybe going back to your roots and all that? What are some of the benefits and the struggles with that? To be completely honest, it was such a welcome break from the kind of like that go-getter pace of Washington, D.C., which I absolutely love. The energy of the city, you can kind of feel the heartbeat of the city, definitely. And like every city has its own heartbeat and D.C. is definitely a faster pace. So with Austin, it was a welcome break. And it was also a slightly different environment, not only because of the 365 sunshine that we have here all the time. Absolutely love it. But it's also very green. There are a lot of outdoor spaces. So it was nice for three years to take that break and just kind of like switch gears. And it's so funny because as soon as we moved to Austin, I started running into friends that have become our clients with a company that are here in Austin. It's just a very strong entrepreneur community here with just a variety of very talented and unique folks that are in the online business space that need virtual assistance. And the reason why I love being here in Austin is because I can easily jump on a coffee chat with them and we can go to our favorite coffee spot or I can stop by their house and we can talk not only kind of like sharing, catching up about our personal life, but also talking a little bit about business, how things are going with our team. So I just love that point of access, kind of like, again, like that accessibility and just that openness that I feel like everyone has here in Austin. It's just a different type of level. I feel like maybe a slightly warmer and closer relationships that people have in Texas. But then with Washington, D.C., ultimately for work, we have to travel back. And uh, even though it was nice to have this break with D.C., we have lots of long-term friends. And coming from Russia myself, I have very strong roots with the Russian community in Washington, D.C. that I'm really excited and happy to go back to and just kind of like revive those relationships it's okay to just take a break from once in a while. And we were just curious to kind of like explore the city of music, Austin. Now going back to the city fresh and energized with some new goals and some new beginnings that are starting as soon as we move at the end of September. And just really exciting to start, you know, all of these new projects that are brewing up. That's so awesome. I'm so jealous. I really want to move there too. And you, I mean, you just like spruced it up, made it a little bit nicer and more of a push for me to go. But I do like the idea of trying something new and going somewhere different because if you stay in the same place, you don't know what you don't know because you're always in the same location, same climate, same everything. We're all about experiences. And just like I mentioned in the beginning, because we love travel, 
something definitely always like happens. Like either we're exploring Texas, like every three, four months, we just like have to get on the road and just go visit places. That was the same with DC. You know, we were traveling quite a bit, especially being in an international city. It was just so easy to hop on a flight and just go somewhere, even Europe. With the current situation, it is a little bit more challenging to travel these days internationally, but still. And yes, I absolutely agree with you. I feel like all those experiences, just kind of changing the atmosphere, changing the environment, changing the people around you, they all enrich us in the end. And I'm just so happy that we had this opportunity to stay in Austin for three years. It was absolutely valuable experience. I loved it. And I love also comparing that feeling of not only visiting, but actually living and kind of settling in different parts of the country too, because our country is beautiful and so different and diverse. And I've learned so much about Texas, aside from just barbecue and... (laughs) Oh my God, the barbecue is so exciting. I love barbecue. That's like one of my favorite cuisines. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Lots of really great places here in Austin. But it is really awesome seeing, like, I, it's funny, I just this past August for the first time traveled to the West Coast and I went between Arizona and we drove to California and I was in Palm Springs for a little bit. It not only was really interesting experiencing like a dry climate, right? I never experienced dry heat in my life, but just like the mentality, the conversations I had, the different types of living experiences, like everything is so, so different. And until you put yourself in another place, it opened my eyes completely and has kind of changed the way that I perceive a lot of things for the better. And had I not done that, I don't think I would have really grasp that. And I think a lot of people think you have to like travel to Europe and go backpacking through like all these different places in these exotic locations. And realistically, it could be in your own backyard, so to speak, or a couple of states away. It doesn't have to be this crazy adventure where you're like spending all this money and committing so much time, but a simple trip can make all the difference. Completely agree. Yes, absolutely. I mean, just traveling from one coast to the other, I mean, it's just so different. There's just so much to see. And that's also kind of like part of my mission, you know, in the future, and maybe again, just like our restrictions a little bit in travel, international travel kind of like aided this, but I really want to explore more of our country and just go to the national park. Again, just like do a search of just unique and interesting places in our country, which is again, like so much more accessible and love, love that we have these opportunities now. And then the people are actually more open to them, right? And they're taking advantage of exploring their backyard. Yes. I love that. Yeah. I, it's bad to say, but the silver lining in COVID for me was like hiking and getting better acquainted to like New York, the suburbs and like driving all along the coast. I went to Vermont and Connecticut. Like had I not been locked down and been, it forced me to go outside of a, like instead of being at a bar every weekend or being in Central Park, it forced me to go outside into a different location. And it's really beautiful nature and like all of that. But until you actually see it in person, like a picture doesn't do it justice. I can totally relate because last year we finally invested in really solid camping gear. Oh, really? Like legit camping gear? Like legit, yes. (laughs) We even bought a tent that was like a six-person tent. And then we looked at each other. It's like, oh my gosh, this is a huge house. Like, this is way too much for two people. (laughs) (laughs) So we returned that one, settled on a four-person one. Yes, and like the fancy chairs and just like all these little knickknacks and everything. Oh my gosh, we were so excited. We were giddy like kids you know, just like really happy and like ready to go camping. Oh, like I I love that. It's just a very small kind of like portion kind of of excitement, right? Like it doesn't have to be anything huge, nothing too expensive. There were some of the things that we picked up from our parents that, you know, just were leftover camping gear that they they were not using. And again, just like all these little makeshift things that are very accessible just can 
then change your experiences and your weekends can look completely different even though you live in the middle of the city. Yeah, it's so cool. This this has been really great of like all the obviously like personal nuggets that you delivered and obviously the business nuggets. I think people are going to get a lot out of this. But on one final note, what I like to leave off with all my guests and my listeners is if you could give advice to your younger self, what would that be? I would definitely tell myself to keep moving forward. No matter the rejections, no matter the obstacles or doubts or fears, fears are ultimately good. They could be our friends in uh, in growth and improvements. Keep moving forward, no matter what. And especially if we feel like we're really passionate and committed to what we want out of life or that one goal that we set forward, there will definitely be a lot of people that are going to be naysayers. There are going to be challenging, right? Like our confidence level and our level of professionalism. And they will as in Russian, we say, put sticks into your bicycle wheels, preventing you from moving forward. But it's just ultimately all about our confidence level. It's about believing in yourself and about passionately pursuing what makes you happy. And this is actually one of the very important values for our team at Remote Rockstars is to always feel joyous and happy at work. It's absolutely important because work is such a large part of our life. So why be miserable and unhappy? Pursue something else that brings you joy. That's absolutely important. So keep on moving forward, no matter what happens in life. So awesome. I love all that. And I know the corporate quitters out there are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to quit my job, like moving forward. <laughs> so so thank you so much for being on. Uh, where can people find you or get in contact if they want to hire someone? Yes, very easy. Our website is remoterockstars.com. Our Facebook page is Remote Rockstars as well. Remote Rockstars Club is our Facebook group. Please join, especially if you're looking for different types of remote work opportunities. And you can find us on Instagram with lots of different tips and challenging questions sometimes. At Remote Rockstars is our handle. And just know that success at Remote Rockstars is our email where you can always reach out to us, even if it's just simple questions for support. I'm always very happy to share my time, especially with people who are just starting out and giving, you know, those tips of guidance and advice. So don't hesitate to reach out and keep moving forward. Yeah, thank you. And again, guys, if you go to corporatequitter.com, you can find more information for her on there and find the bio and everything like that. So thank you again so much for being on. This was so awesome. Thank you, Gabby. It was my pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Corporate Quitter podcast. Make sure to check out corporatequitter.com for extended content and additional information about our guests. To connect with us, stay up to date on all things Corporate Quitter and to learn more about how you can leave the nine to five, follow our host Gabby on Instagram or TikTok at she likes to gab. 